Hey there, welcome to the Outer Edge Podcast. I'm a little fucking wiped out today. I've been, I don't know what's going on, just, uh, just not quite getting enough sleep. And it's been kind of building up and building up, and uh, so I get to the point yesterday where I didn't turn on the lights in my room. So when I get back in the evening, it's dark as fuck. I've got that program Flux that I mentioned that uh, pulls all the daylight colors out of your computer screen. And those two things combined really do help. I did a little podcast editing in the dark, (laughs) fumbling to press the right keys. And uh, and yeah, it does work. It's just like, oh man, I'm tired. But uh, I just spent a little too long. I'm also making a podcast about the band AFI for my ham radio podcast. I ended up staying up till like midnight or 12.30 or something when I should have gone to bed way earlier. So I just haven't uh, quite bucked this trend of not getting enough sleep because once it's morning, I just can't help but wake up. I've got like a a little eye mask thing that I wear, like an old lady from an 80s sitcom. Like I'm in the Golden Girls or I'm in the Clapper commercial. But I think it, uh, I need like a heavy duty one. It's just not enough. Man, I stayed at this one Airbnb where the guy split up. It was a beautiful house, but the guy, I don't know, maybe he was like living way beyond his means with this house. Because he had every conceivable area split up into a room he could rent. Which is fine with me, because I just want a nice, inexpensive place to stay. That's just fucking loud as fuck. I don't know what that noise is. It's like the Iron Giant coming to crush this town. Christ, that's loud. Uh, So my room was less a room and more the area between other rooms. It's like you go down these stairs and then he just kind of padlocked the doors on either side to keep my little area separate. And it's like a Harry Potter living under the stairs type of situation. So since it was an interior part of the house, there was no window. And at first that felt weird. It's like, oh man, this is really claustrophobic. But I ended up really liking it because it was so dark. Just zero, zero fucking sunlight. It was great. I really think for uh, a room that you sleep in, maybe it's better not to have windows. It really felt like a little rejuvenation chamber I could go in and just like, boom, I'm not waking up. until I'm goddamn ready. But the point of this rambling is that uh, a nice thing about my little setup, oh, it was a train, that's what that noise was. God, this is just the wrong place to record. Everything is so fucking loud. Goddamn cars, fuck off. I hate you. Gotta like get on a side street here. When will Mad Max happen? When can we just have the end of gasoline and have all these cars go away? Whoever you are out there with your car, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve to have a car all to yourself. It's fucking insane. It's totally unsustainable. And I wish it would 
hurry up and stop sustaining. All right, so the point I was trying to make is that my little writing plan that I just try to write every day, but it doesn't have to be a lot. It's nice because it doesn't matter if I feel all shitty. It doesn't matter if I feel tired. I'm not actually asking that much of myself, so it's, it's always doable. Barring an actual cataclysmic, horrible event, there's no reason why I can't get something done each day. And I got kind of a good feeling today, even though I was just complaining about the noise. I'm in this little place called Port Moody. There's just this little Starbucks here that I really like. And this, uh, this part of BC, it's really near Vancouver. And it's just surrounded by mountains. There's like mountains on every side. And especially on days when it's misty, it feels like that game, Deadly Premonition which itself is based on Twin Peaks, but it totally has that feeling and it feels a little bit like being in a weird TV show. Today, however, it's not cool and misty, it's just all-purpose gray. These slate gray skies of infinite depression as only the Pacific Northwest can deliver. But anyway, I'm just, uh, got notes for my little chapter. I'm just going through and fleshing them out. It's going pretty slow, but I'm coming up with some neat weird stuff. I just love the weird things that come out. Like you've got the point forms of like, okay, here's where this is all going to go. And then as I'm writing, so this chapter starts with the character just kind of wanting to be lazy. Like I just want to lay around today and do nothing, but she just can't because it's too boring and uh, her whole species is extremely physical, based uh, a lot on physiological feelings and stuff, so she actually wouldn't like to just lay there and be lazy. She's just trying to tell herself that she would. So I just had this little, she just starts thinking like, what if I just laid in this room till I died? What if I just starved and then dehydrated and eventually they came and found my desiccated body in this room? And then maybe they could break it into pieces and just scatter it around to the museum display that they have about her species. And it's just a weird, just a weird train of thought. But then she's like, whoa, what am I even, I'm like going crazy right now. I just got to get out of this room. And I love weird little stuff like that. It is something though that is uh, a little in the back of my mind since I really am trying to just push forward with this first draft and not go back and rewrite things and not worry too much that the second pass through it's going to be pretty brutal I think because I have a lot of like just like wow that sentence sucks and because I've never really done sci-fi before it's really tough to hit that balance between being casual because to be casual there's a limit to how much contemporary verbiage you can use or speech patterns because it's like why is this space person acting like a character from the OC <laughs> you know but then there's the other side this super stiff this is a forbidden planet thing and if anything I'm falling too far on those two sides the cooler character is a little too cool and I'm trying not to fall too far into human style 21st century North American speech patterns. 
but I am to an extent because uh, it's just the easiest way to get that across that this is her personality whereas the other character the more alien one is at this point pretty stiff if I'm not sure what should be coming out of his mouth I just kind of default to I am almost a robot I don't understand your ways I will speak in a stiff manner lacking contractions all that stuff is going to need a lot of smoothing out on the second run through and there's even occasional times where I'll just put like a pair of double parentheses around a word where it's just like this is not the word but I can't think of the word that I want and I'm tired of trying to think of it right now so just the double parentheses are a note to me the second time through that like first draft me knew that this was a shitty word and this is not the term this is not the phrasing this is not what you want to use but it's up to you second draft guy to figure something out so it's still going to be like way faster than the first draft but it's going to be tough there's going to be a lot of uh, mental wrangling required in that second draft a lot more than most of the stuff that i write because of the weird sci-fi setting like basically this first draft is not going to be good it's like if i showed it to somebody they'd be like whoa i don't know how you even convinced yourself that you could be a writer this is fucking terrible <laughs> why would anyone want to read this so it's weird though it's weird to just be i guess um confident enough based on stuff i've written before and just based on how I did finish my nonfiction book, so I have finished a book. I'm confident in like my workflow and my stick-to-itiveness has leveled up, you know? Like I'm, I'm confident enough that it's okay for this thing to be shitty, which I think is kind of a big step because I never used to feel that way. Every chapter I would just trawl over, over and over and over till, you know, I just strangled the fucking life out of it and made sure it was as great as it could be. And as I think I mentioned, like it's then at the end of the process, when I went back, I'd still be like, well, this still needs a million changes. It really is uh, not worth doing on a first draft. It's not worth expending that much energy and kind of wearing yourself out doing revisions that are probably not gonna stand up at the end of the day anyway because you just don't have a good enough view of the full work there's a whole chapter i wrote where the main character is thinking back to a conversation she had with her aunt and i'm just like there's something in the back of my head that's like i bet i'm gonna erase that whole thing i bet that whole thing is about nothing but i'll worry about that later you know just leave it in for now move on just keep on moving Man, the view of the mountains are crazy from here. I looked them up after I was talking about, was that just yesterday? Man. But uh, about how mountains aren't really that tall. If you have a clear path, it's not really that tough to climb them. And apparently these particular mountains, the Rockies, are about two and a half miles high. Which yeah, if you have a straight up path, I mean, that's it's not so bad, it's not so crazy. And uh, Everest is about double that, more than double, almost six miles high. So that's, uh, that is kind of crazy. It's hard to imagine <laughs> the, these mountains. What if they were twice as high? That is really high. That is high as fuck. But still six miles, you know, it's a lot, but it's not as much as I thought. 
or thought is the wrong term. When I didn't think about it, I just presumed that mountains were completely enormous, massively inaccessible. Like just in the floaty part of my brain, I'm like, I don't know, how tall is a mountain? Who can say? A thousand zillion mountain units high. Like I didn't even, I just didn't think about it. But yeah, in a way, it's like weird that they're not really that big. You can totally go up them. You can go up a mountain. And in the case of Vancouver, you can just walk up. You can just start at the bottom and walk up. You can go from the sea bus to North Van. You're at sea level. You can walk to Grouse Mountain and then you can walk right fucking up it. And it's like Skyrim. You just walked up a mountain. Man, there was one time, the last time I was up there at the top of Grouse Mountain, there was a deer that was kind of in more of a public area than usual. And people were like, oh, look at that, a deer. But there were a bunch of people facing away from the deer, really deliberately. And it was so confusing for a second. I was like, why are they looking away from the deer? And then I realized it's because they were all taking selfies. And I would love that to be like, like a riddle to take into the past. Try to get someone from the 70s to uh, guess why these people are looking away from the deer. I wonder if they'd ever be able to guess that there's a portable camera in that person's hand and that they're trying to get themselves in the shot. It's such an abstract thought when you don't know what it is. I wonder if anybody would get it. I mean, somebody would. Some super lateral thinking genius would, but I don't think the average person would have any fucking idea how to solve that. Or like if you uh, just took like a, a bag from a coffee shop, like just a little pastry bag that has a hashtag on it. That'd be awesome too, to try to get someone to guess why does this thing say hashtag Tim Hortons <laughs> or something or whatever the Tim Hortons thing is. Hashtag I'm loving it, whatever. And the idea of trying to conceptualize some kind of electronic mass communication device that uses a hashtag in front of a term in order to help you sort through the endless stream, the global stream of communication to try to funnel down to a slightly more specific range of communication. And in the case of Twitter, extra weird, this like really specific limited character availability thing, like there's just there's just no way they'd even come close. They wouldn't even figure out one of those like seven things, you know? It's just like crazy to think of the world that we're in now. And how on the surface it's all the same. But there's a new crust, there's a new meta level that people from back in the day could never have guessed. Except H.G. Wells, I think that was the one, right? There was a guy, I think it was H.G. Wells, that way back in the day conceptualized not only of a global communication tool that will tie in everyone in the world and make them able to communicate, which is a neat notion, but is like not necessarily 
that hard to conceive of. It's just like that it'll just happen somehow. But he went the extra step further and said that it will be contained within a device that will fit handily in your vest pocket, which is a cell phone. That's crazy. And I told that to my friend Mike and he's like, man, the only thing he got wrong is that he thought we'd still be wearing vests. <laughs> that really cracked me up. <laughs> All right, one other dumb little thought that I had for today. Usually I have a more clear opinion of stuff before I start rambling about it. This one I don't really, but I just want to spit it out and see what happens. And it's uh, based on yesterday when I was talking about not following writing advice. And how the one piece of advice you see in every writing book is about conflict. And actually I found it like a book donation thing. It's this book called like how to write a damn fine novel from the 80s and it's like how to write a you know detective novel or something and there is like a chapter called conflict 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 and like every single book about writing is always all about that all about like there needs to be conflict and something about that notion always rubbed me the wrong way just always kind of made me uncomfortable because I guess I know what they're saying. You don't want a book to be boring, but when a book is really torqued up and just everything is conflict, I don't like it. That is not what I find pleasant. The example that kind of comes to mind for me was Gilmore Girls, where pretty much across the board, people told me like, Gilmore Girls season one isn't that great, and then it gets really good. Whereas to me, Gilmore Girls season one was by far my favorite. I loved season one because it was kind of lacking in conflict. And season two torqued up a little more. And by season three, when cool ass Milo from Heroes, whatever that dude's name was, Jesse, I just, I just kind of fell off. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this sometime, whatever. But then I heard too that in later seasons that, that the mom and daughter like don't talk for half a year and all this stupid shit. And it's like, I don't like that. That's not what I like. I actually prefer that things be less conflicty because I don't like empty conflict. I hate that actually. That really just ruins the story for me. One of my biggest pet peeves is when characters and stories won't explain to each other what happened. Like they split up and when they meet up again, they never take the time to describe what happened to each other, never. And it bugs me every time, because to me, that's the point of the story. Like, let's communicate. Let me tell you what happened, and you tell me what happened to you, and we will commiserate about what this means for our adventure. And like, the only time that ever happened was at the end of Pineapple Express, at the end of that movie, they just sit around a diner and they're like, can you believe all that stuff that happened? And it's like a joke in that story because that is never what happens. And I think the reason why that never happens is because people are trying to stick to this action rule. No time to explain, gotta just keep moving, gotta have the action, action, action. And yeah, maybe it was well-meaning, but now that it's been decades of this, of this advice and Thousands of people have followed it. Maybe it's okay not to. Maybe it's okay to not do that now. <laughs> Maybe there are people out there like me who don't like that and don't want you to do that. I want you to pick your target. I want your action 
and your conflict to be very specific. And I want it to matter, and I don't want it to be watered down with a fucking garden hose of lesser conflict that's just strewn about everywhere. Because I fucking, I hate that shit. I don't like it at all. It makes reading a story uncomfortable to me and unpleasant. And makes me cast silent aspersions on you as a writer (laughs) in my own head. Yeah, that seems like a weird one to rebel against. That seems like a pretty bold one of like, maybe you don't need conflict all the time. Maybe you can fucking chill a little bit. Because really what I far prefer in a story is tone and sense of place. I want to feel like I'm in this little world that you built. And I want to feel like I want to be there. I want to open up this book every day. And I want to turn to a page and I want to be in a place that I want to be. I want it to feel right. I'm not just reading a story for some hit of fucking hollow drama. It's just some empty conflict, like some zero calorie fucking Splenda plot developments that just won't stop happening. And I know I complained uh, that a lot of books for adults are very bland and very boring and uh, I wish they would torque things up a little. But that's the inherent contradiction in life and in all things. I'm a complicated man, so that's just how it is. But also it's because in those slow-plotting adult books, it's because the tone is not there. The tone is modeling. The tone is a drag. The tone is just drab. And that's the reason why I don't like them. Not because they're lacking in conflict and action. Yeah, I don't know. I'll let that roll around in my head a little more, and maybe I'll have uh, uh, my more mature view on the subject in the future. But this whole thing of like, conflict, conflict, conflict. Make sure every chapter has conflict. Could there be more conflict in this scene? How could you add more conflict? I think it's time to stop thinking about that. I think that that is old school advice meant for people writing fucking dime novels that they just need a crazy cover and they need you to fucking pick up that book and pay a dime. I don't know that that shit is uh, wildly relevant anymore. And even if it is, even if it is for the average person, good for them. They can go have their fucking books and they can go live their lives and they can do whatever they want. But that's not what I like. It's never been what I like. And I think if all this conflict, conflict, conflict was decimated, you know, was reduced by 90% and the conflicts were more carefully considered and more meaningful, that would be way better. Give myself a
Don't stop.